I was just bending down to get my Bible, and Beverly noticed me grunting a little bit. Said I was getting, sounds like I'm getting old. Dang it, Beverly. I'm preaching in shorts and a t-shirt today to see who's super religious in this place. (coughs) Just a test. We have a little barbecue thing going on, and I'm telling you, I just didn't really want to wear long pants and a collared shirt. (laughs) That's right. Greg feels me. Should have worn my flip-flops, and I would have really seen who had a problem with that. Oh, my goodness. Y'all doing all right this morning? Fantastic, fantastic. So, last week, hold up, this is going to drive me crazy if I don't get this fixed right. There we go. Last week we talked about obedience, as Mike said, and that's really been something that's on my heart. And I actually want to spend a couple more weeks talking about obedience. If you saw Larissa's email, you know, I didn't actually have some verses because I was still praying about what the verses are, and I'm still kind of praying about it right now, so we'll see. i got a lot of things in my in my mind or whatever that the Lord's been just speaking to me a lot this week. So anyway, we're going to continue talking about it, but today in my heart, what, almost like last week as soon as we got done, I just kept thinking about obedience in light of the kingdom of God and how our obedience to what Christ says or our disobedience reveals our loyalty. Like what kingdom are we loyal to? Are we loyal to Christ and Christ's kingdom? And if we are, then we're going to trust him, right? We're going to trust his law. We're going to love his law, like David loved. Like, we're going to love Jesus. We're going to love what he says. Or are we more focused on us and our kingdom or other kingdoms or whatever? So the way that the, what we do in our response to God's love and grace and justice and mercy and, and how I said last week, he pours that on us with love, and then he calls us to respond with obedience. It's really clear. You know, I said that's his love language, but it also shows, us, shows y'all <coughs> whether we care about him and his kingdom. Like, I thought about this this week. Like, part of, you know, what happens on this earth is a test of loyalty, isn't it? Like, forever, God is, Jesus is going to come back. He's going to establish a kingdom. And forever, we're going to be a part of it if we love him, trust him, and obey what he says, right? So right now, we get the chance to, in the midst of conflict, as Brian talked about, in the midst of challenges, in the midst of happy times, in the midst of all this, we get to show whether we really love him and his kingdom whether we really love his words and his ways, whether we really want to live in that type of a kingdom. So let's, let's talk about that. What do you think? How about it? You guys seem like we're a little bit, a little muted today. Can I get a runner? You should have been here on Friday night. There's like 150-something people. People are like going crazy. Sorry. On fr- There's a lot of stuff that's been happening in this building. I should encourage you guys with that. There's a revival that happens on Friday night. Um, of course, we have the Hispanic church that meets. We have a music class that's going on now. We have all kinds of stuff taking, taking place at Taylor Place. Disciple-making stuff going on left and right. Seth, catching uh, cardboard on fire in the oven if you smell something over there. I did just call him out on that. So if you do go into Taylor Place 1 and you smell a little bit of cardboard or that, it, then that's what it is. Don't be afraid. Nothing serious burnt. Just, just a little case of trying to warm up some pizza and didn't take it out of the cardboard and caught on fire. I told, I told the AC, <coughs> you know, w- when we didn't know what to do with Taylor Place 2, you just need to bring Sean Stackback and Seth over there and let them live for a week, and we won't have a problem with Taylor Place 2. <coughs> if, you, if you know who those two are, you'll know. That thing will be <laughs> burnt down to the ground, and we'll just collect the insurance monies. That's all, rec- that's all it is. I'm, 
Oh, yeah, and Diane says you can do that in the Airstream, too, her Airstream. She wouldn't mind collecting the insurance monies on that, too. All right. We're allowed to have fun, right? Let's go. So here, here's a couple of passages I want to look at in the Old Testament, and then we're going to look at some of Jesus' words. <clears throat> let's, look, let's go back to Daniel chapter 7. And there's so many passages about Christ, about the Messiah and the return of Messiah, his kingdom. I mean, there's... I mean, I could just go for days. We could go for days talking about these passages. So it was kind of hard to kind of think through, but I thought, you know what, let's start with Daniel because we just were there not that long ago. While y'all are turning there, I'm going to ask a question. What was Christ's message? What, was, what did he came to proclaim? What did he come to proclaim? He did? Amazing. That's really good. That's really good. Did y'all hear that? Excellent. So they've been doing on Thursday nights. That was going to say that about, and we got the fish thing going on Thursday nights, which is sweet. We got a thing going on after service today. And that fits perfectly, Anna. What is the overarching message and all that fits right in there? Like, that's so practical. That's exactly what I want to hear. What's his overarching? He came to preach the gospel of the what? Salvation? No kingdom right and what Anna just read is that's what this is what it looks like when the king comes and what the king is going to implement and so you know uh, oftentimes we do talk about the idea of kingdom but sometimes we emphasize more now Jesus's name Yeshua means deliverer it means salvation it's a huge part of it but that's part of this message of the kingdom and what I hope to get I hope that maybe this morning that we can get into our, our our minds our hearts like, there is a, this kingdom is real and it's practical. It's not just some pie in the sky or abstract idea that God has a kingdom and blah, blah, blah. Like, Jesus is literally going to return and literally establish his kingdom on earth, right? Like, this is big, this is big time stuff. All right, so Isaiah, I mean, not Isaiah. <laughs> has Isaiah on the brain there, Brian. Daniel chapter 7, uh, let's, do, let's just do verse 13. Uh, we've read this, but let's a couple few weeks ago. I continued watching in the night visions, and suddenly one like a son of man. So who is that? Jesus. Who, Jesus constantly referred to himself as a son of man, more than anything else by far. I saw one like a son of man was coming with the clouds of heaven. He approached the Ancient of Days and was escorted before him. He was given, now this is the key, he was given, as he approaches this ancient of days, he was given what? Dominion, glory, and a kingdom, so that those of what people? All nations, every people, will do what? And language, I'm sorry, and what will they do? Worship and serve, they will serve him, right? And this and that will, excuse me, his dominion is an everlasting dominion that will not pass away, and his kingdom is one that will not be destroyed. So we see the Son of Man appearing, and what is he given? He is given a kingdom that will never end, it will never be destroyed, and this incredible picture of people from every nation, every people group, coming before the king, bowing down to the king, yielding in willful obedience to the king. Isn't that an incredible picture? Isn't that, I mean, it's, a, it's such an amazing I'm going to read this. I wasn't going to do this, but I'm going to read this real quick. Sean and I were talking about this this week. You don't even have to turn here. I'm going to read real quick. Isaiah 52. This is like right in the idea of 
the suffering servant and all these things. And actually, I've read this verse so many times, and I've heard it taught so many ways. I don't think the way I've heard it taught is accurate. Um, But how beautiful on the mountains are the feet of the herald who proclaims peace and brings news of good things and proclaims salvation. Forever, everyone said that was people going to preach in the gospel. Until Sean pointed out to me this week, he says, well, who are they proclaiming salvation to? It says to Zion. (laughs) To Zion they come and they say, your God reigns. The voices of your watchmen, they lift up their voices shouting for joy together. For every eye will see when the Lord returns to Zion. Be joyful, rejoice together, you ruins of Jerusalem. For the Lord has comforted his people. He has redeemed Jerusalem. The Lord has displayed his holy harm in the sight of all nations. At the ends of the earth we'll see the salvation of our God. There's this actual picture of there being heralds from around the world coming to Zion and bowing down and going, Zimbabwe yields to the king. Tennessee yields. We yield to king. We proclaim that salvation is here. We proclaim that salvation, and man, that gives me, like, I've got goosebumps thinking of this reality, that Jesus is going to return and that the nations, the nations are going to come and they're going to bow down before him and say, your God is king. Yeshua is king. Jesus is king. It's so big. Man, I love that. Genesis 49 talks about like when Jacob's sitting there blessing his, his sons and he begins to talk about Jacob and what is, I mean Judah, and what does he say about Judah? He says the scepter's not going to depart from Judah until when? Until Shiloh comes. Shiloh, people argue about what that means because um, we don't know for sure. But the overall consensus is this is a messianic thing that says until the anointed one comes and then what does it say is going to happen and the obedience of the nations belongs to him gosh now this is so big the idea of obedience is so incredible to recognize listen we're not talking we are talking about our own obedience before the god but we're talking about there's an idea that the king is going to return and that nations that like like whenever i think about obedience i'm not just thinking about my own obedience but i am because I love my king, and I, and I want to. Like, it's not even, like, a question anymore. You know, it's just not. It's like, what do you want me to do, Jesus? I want to do it. Like, I'm not always faithful with it. I would be lying to you if I was, but, like, I want to do it. But then this other big idea of I want to bring the nations to King Jesus. <laughs> like, I want the lamb to receive the reward of his suffering, and that's the nations, right? That is the people. Like, we, I want to bow before Jesus and I want to say, God, I gave my life Murphy. Look, I'll give you Murfreesboro, God. Like, that, that's what I, I don't want to just watch Netflix and eat Cheetos, you know? Like, I mean, those are pretty good things. I might gain a little extra weight. But, like, I don't want to spend my whole life doing that. You know what I mean? Like, I, I want to lay down everything so that the, so that the, the, the lamb can receive his reward. Um, because that's what's going to happen at the end. Is that nations, we're go- they're going to come down and they're going to bow before the lamb. That's why we said last week that, you know, Jesus says, go and make disciples of who? Of all nations, right? Of all nations, teaching them to do what? Obey everything that I've commanded. Why? Because there's a coming kingdom, and the coming kingdom has a ruler. The coming kingdom has law, and we're talking about that here in, in, in a minute, and what we're doing when we make disciples is we're preparing people for the return of the king. That's it. We're, we're, we're preparing people, and people are, and, and we're seeing where they're loyal to, or do they want to be loyal to Jesus and his ways and his kingdom or not, right? It's simple. It's really cool. I mean, I just, I just love it. 
I was reading this week, um, I said the lamb received the reward of his suffering. One of my favorite, you know, like sayings. Have you guys ever heard that saying before? May the lamb receive the reward of his suffering. Like, <clears throat> so it's, it comes from the Moravians. Does anybody know who that is? Really, really cool group of people. I could go into great details. John Wesley came to know the Lord through this group of people. They had a hundred years of 24-7 prayer, all kinds of amazing things. Um, but the story goes that they were sending out two missionaries, and they were sending them out to uh, th- these two young men wanted to be missionaries to this island in the West Indies. Well, the wild island in the West Indies had a slave owner that had like two or 3,000 African slaves. And they would not let missionaries. They're like, you will die if you come onto this island. Like, you're not, we're not allowing missionaries to come here. Or these two, one of them was 36, I think, and one was 26 or something like that. Um, be like me and Jared about going out there, huh, Jared? He's falling asleep. <laughs> um, I just got sidetracked. But anyways, what, so what do they do? What do they do with this predicament? Like, okay, if we go there, we're going to die. What do they do? They sold themselves to slavery. They said, well, I'll, I'm going to lifelong sell myself to slavery. Because these people, they heard that these people were hungry, but they, weren't, they didn't know what they were hungry for. Uh, they heard they were a spiritually hungry people, but they didn't know about Jesus. Jesus wasn't proclaimed. And so two men said, for the rest of my life, I will be in slavery so that we can proclaim the kingdom. We can share the kingdom and the love of God with them. And as their ship is leaving... They raise their hands and they say, may the lamb receive the reward of his, sorry, of his suffering. <laughs> like, that guy's, man, that's so big, man. They're like, I don't care. This is, I want to walk and I love Jesus and he deserves it. That's what gets, that's why it's so, uh, it's not difficult, it's not so difficult. I mean, it can be hard. There's definitely hard times, but whenever our hearts get sold out to the worthiness of who Jesus is in his kingdom, then it's like, yes, like, of course, I want to do this. Of course, like Mike talked about our neighbors and different things. Of course, I want to, to lay down my life for them. Of course, I do because he deserves it because he deserves lasting fruit. He deserves fruit that lasts. He deserves the nations before him. And man, it's so big time. So let's look at um, um, two, a couple of things. This won't be that long of a message today, actually. I'm just going to hit right at it and go. Let's look at Luke chapter 6. We're going to look at that in Matthew um, in a minute. But <clears throat> what I, what I want to bring this down to is we have this big picture of what God's kingdom looks like and hopefully like a call to want to see the nations come to him and a willingness for us to do that. But also what very practical, like I want to be very practical. Like sometimes we can have these big ideas and then kind of leave like, okay, that was cool. But we know in Matthew chapter 5, 6, 7, Luke chapter 6 here, this is like the Sermon on the Mount, Right? And I know we've talked about this a lot, but this is kind of like Jesus' announcement that his kingdom is here and what his kingdom looks like. And I said this last week, I said like one thing personally that I'm doing is going through these gospels and I'm literally writing down every command that Jesus gave. I'm writing uh, what the command that he gave. Uh, I'm also writing how I am obeying it now, and it can be I'm not, (laughs) and how I can grow in obedience to him in that area. So I will do X, Y, Z to grow in that. And it's been, a, it's been amazing. Like, it's been, it's been incredible because I'm, like, literally, like, looking through that and, okay, Jesus said follow him. Okay, how am I following Jesus right now? How can I follow Jesus better? You know, and, like, writing those statements out. But when we get to this part, 
Like Jesus is just sharing what his kingdom looks like. And again, this, this shows kind of our loyalty. Do we actually want Jesus and his kingdom or do we just want salvation that he gives us? You know what I mean? Like I'm just being real. <clears throat> and so we see things, I'm not going to read all of this, but I mean you see things like blessed are you when people hate you when they exclude you and insult and slander you. Why? Because of the name of the Son of Man. There you go, Son of Man, right? Rejoice and leap. You know, your reward is, is great in heaven. There's warnings here. Woe to you who are rich, for you have already received your comfort, you know? Um, it goes down and, and, and it says, love your enemies. That's a good one, huh? He, did, he, does, he says, only invite your friends over for dinner. <laughs> I mean, I have to check. I mean, like, I'm, I'm checking my heart deep on this. He says, only invite people over who agree with you politically because I don't want to get in a fight. No, he says, love your enemies. So if you're a Democrat, when was the last time you had a Republican over? When you're a Republican, when was the last time you had a Democrat over? Ooh, that, that hurts you right there. Huh? Hurts me. Bless those who curse you. You know, if anyone hits you on the cheek, offer the other one. I'm just looking through. I mean, this is just so good. Give to everyone who asks of you. Isn't that crazy? If you love those who love you, what reward do you have? Sinners do the same thing. It's kind of the same thing. If we're just hanging out with people who like us, then Jesus says you don't have a reward. That's, that's, this is his kingdom. This is what his kingdom looks like. If you good do good to those who do good to you, what credit is that? Even sinners do that. If you lend from those who can give you back, what credit is that? Who cares? Everyone does that, right? Love your enemies, do good, do what is good, lend, expecting nothing in return. Your reward will be great. I mean, that's incredible, right? Your reward will be great. You will be children of the Most High God. <laughs> For he is gracious to the ungrateful and the evil. He says, don't judge. Like, if you want to be judged a lot, then just start going around judging people, is what Jesus says. In <laughs> the same thing, he says, give and it will be given to you a good measure. Like, do we think about that with our finances? Like, hey, Jesus says, if I give a ton, he's going to give me a ton back. You know, and I'm not doing it just to receive that reward, but it's just a principle of the kingdom got splinters in your brother's eyes and all this stuff but as, as I read through this and I think like this is what it looks like do we like this whether we like it or not it's real it's this is what we were created to be this is what we were created to be like and like if, what if we really embrace these things and live them out like for reals like what does that look like I was listening to someone tell about uh, about David Watson this week and he told a story about him Super practical is why I wanted to say that, share this. He said, David wanted to help start training me. Um, David's, you know, he does disciple-making movements, all kinds of crazy stuff, 500,000 churches or something he's been a part of helping movements and stuff like that. But anyways, he said he started training me, and he said, I want you to meet me at Cracker Barrel at 6 o'clock in the morning, and it was like 20 miles away. And he's like, are you kidding me? I don't want to go 20 miles away, and why the heck are we going to Cracker Barrel at 6 in the morning? I want to sleep in a little bit, you know. And he said, but when I got there, I saw David there, and all these people were talking to him, and he was just sitting down talking to them. And he said, I noticed that people were fighting over his table. And when he, got, when he sat down, what he realized, he began to talk to David, and he said, David, why do you get here so early? And he said, well, it's because of this, because no people aren't here. If I get here early enough, then I can actually talk to the waiters, and I can actually talk to the waitresses, and we can actually carry on a conversation. Go on to find out they, arg they argue about his table because he tips four or five times more than what other people tip. 
so that they don't have to worry about waiting a ton of tables and they can spend time with him and he can talk with them and he can dialogue with them, right? And that was just one small story of just like a, ra- a, ra- a different life. Like, that's different. Like, this guy was like, what? Who is this guy? But that's, and that was the encouragement that this person was talking was saying, that's what we need to be like. This was the Iran House Church leader who was talking about this. He was like, we need to be a people who was like, who is this lady? Who is this woman? She's amazing. What, what is going on? Who is this guy? They love wildly. They give, you know, incredibly. They take time for people. They're not just in the busyness of life, running around and doing all these things, and they don't have time for you. You know what I mean? And that's the kind of stuff we see here that Jesus is telling us to do. Loving enemies. What is that? Like people, like that literally means like, hey, I need to go spend time. What is love? We talked about what love is yesterday or last week. It's not just saying that we love people. It's like laying down your life. It's selfless, you know? Like you could write down, man, Susan gets, well, let me, let me not say something. Susan really bothers me. I'm going to invite her for coffee this week. Practically obey what Jesus says. Let's go have coffee. We'll see what happens. Maybe it won't be pleasant, but maybe it will. But love your enemies, right? I'm going to go, you know, get a gift card for someone and just tell them that, that I really care about them. I really deeply care about them, you know, and let them see that I actually do, even if they're my enemy, even if they're someone I don't really like a whole lot. Because at the end of this passage, Jesus has some really interesting words. In verse uh, 46, so he, he, he shares this idea of what his kingdom looks like, and then this goes back again to the kingdom and his rulership and his mastership, what it means for him to be ruler and master. And he speaks this, shares this with his disciples and those who are around him, but he says, why do you call me Lord, Lord, and don't do what I say? Like, that's a really strong word, you know? Like, I, I, I thought, like, if he was... Now, he wasn't preaching from a pulpit. He was sitting down. It was a different style. I kind of think I like Jesus' style a little better, probably. They're up on a mountain, (laughs) more relational, sitting down. But imagine, like, if Jesus came here and he was sharing with us, and then he turns around at the end and says, but listen, why do you you call me master, but you don't do what I tell you to do? Right? He doesn't say just, you know, we can proclaim Jesus as Lord, but that doesn't, that doesn't get, do a hill of beans if we actually don't have a heart that believes it and live it out. And that, that's what Jesus is saying. How can, we, how can we call him Lord if we don't do it? He, he's not our Lord. That's a lie, right? Like, that's what I love about John. You know, John says things like, you know, how can you say you love God but hate your brother? You can't do that. <laughs> it's, just, it's just impossible. You're a liar is what John says. Now, I love that. I mean, I do. It helps me because I just I want to know where I stand. And I love that, you know, Jesus is like, hey, don't call me Lord and then don't do what I say. You're lying, basically, is what he's saying. But then he goes on there to say, I'll show you what someone is like who does come to me and hears my words and acts on them. So what, what do they do? They first come to him. Then they what? They hear his word. And then they do what? They actually act on what he says, Right? He is like a man building a house who dug deep and laid the foundation on the rock. When the flood came, the river crashed against it that the house couldn't shake it because it was well built. All right? So kind of what Brian was talking about, the storms and different things that come into life. But what is the, what is the building? It's obedience to his words. That's what it is. Right? Like if we, want to, we, we hear this idea, what does it mean to build my foundation? It's, it's just doing what Jesus says. Like reading the word and doing what he says. That is us building a foundation, building a house with a good foundation. But then he says, but the one who hears and does not act, okay? Now how many, I mean, this is, I mean, this is real. 
There's so many people that know this thing, man, that know it, they hear it, they come to, we come to church on Sunday morning, we do it left and right, but we're not doing what it says. So he doesn't, so he actually has, that's an issue, right? But the one who hears and does not act is like a man who built a house on the ground without a foundation. The river crashed against it and immediately it collapsed and the destruction of that house was great. And I hate, it, 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 it hurts my heart because I've seen this happen so many times. I mean, it's not, guys, our, our faith is not about just coming to church on Sunday. This is cool because we get to gather together. This is part of what Jesus calls us to do. There's no doubt about it. It's to at least gather together. But like if we listen to the word and we read the word and we're not doing it, then we, we wonder why we have challenges in our life and we end up hopeless at the end. Oh my gosh, you know, like COVID was awful, but it shouldn't have wrecked our faith right? I don't think it did for us. You know, that's, that's, it was a test, a trial. You know, marriage problems can be very challenging, but it shouldn't wreck our faith. But again, the, the, the point is, how do we build a house? We obey him. We read it and we go, okay, all right, Jesus. Okay, Jesus, you, oh, I need to be careful. I'm, I may be rich. I have a lot of like, okay, Lord, how can I spend my money for your kingdom? How can I steward my money for your kingdom? Very practically, what can I do, right? You said give and it'll be given to you. Okay, Lord, who can I give to? What can I literally do today? What can I do this week to obey whatever you call me, whatever you, whatever you want me to do? Man, someone has been mistreating me. You know, I'm going to start praying. You said, bless those who curse you and pray for those who mistreat you. And I don't think that Jesus wants you to say, well, you, Lord, you just bless Jerry because he's a son of a blah, 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 blah. I don't think that that's the prayer that God wants us to have. Like, I think he wants us to literally bless our enemies. And you're not my enemy. You're my brother, and I love you. I know I can use you as an example so you don't actually get your feelings hurt. Someone else might be like, oh, man, is he really thinking I'm an enemy? But no, is he waking up and just saying, uh, writing down, here's some of my people that I'm struggling with right now. I'm going to get up every morning, and I'm going to begin to bless them. I'm going to pray for them. Lord, I just pray they would grow deeper with you, and their eyes would just be open to you, and Father, and blah, and just go off, and just, just, just love them. Call them. Spend time with them. This is what you, he says, if you live this life, then you're going to be built on a, on a strong foundation. Isn't that cool? And the last thing I want to share is just, um, is Matthew 7, because he ends with a very similar saying, and we've read this a lot, and, you know, people want to scare us with this and all kinds of stuff. <clears throat> but, I mean, it's, it's real. We should have um, a healthy, healthy fear of this, honestly. Uh, la, 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 la. Where am I at? 24? Yeah. So this is the same exact place. Like he reads the Sermon on the Mount. I mean, he speaks this, this message. We call it the Sermon on the Mount. He was just talking to his disciples. <laughs> it says, therefore, everyone who hears these words of mine and acts on them, I'm sorry, I need to go back further to 21. Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven. All right, so we've been talking about a kingdom this morning, and we all want to enter into the kingdom of heaven, but he's, I mean, this is not my words, you know. I'm not just saying this or whatever. This is Jesus' words. Like, he, he, he talks about his kingdom, what it looks like. He says, there's going to be people that call me Lord and don't enter into my kingdom, right? It's a healthy place just to check our hearts. But the one who does the will of my Father in heaven, that's the key right there. Jesus is looking for a people who do his will, and they love doing his will. Now, let me, before I move on, I do want to say, Paul tells us that we can give everything we have, we can speak in the tongue of men and angels, and if we don't have love, then we have nothing. So I'm not talking about this cold-hearted workspace something. 
That's not what it's about. But if, we're in, if we care for the king and we love the king and we believe in his kingdom, then we're going to want to do this. So listen, if we want to see, you know, know if we're going to be part, then we, we will we'll be doing what the Father has called us to do. You know, on that day, many will say, Lord, Lord, do we not? This is it. I mean, this is so strong. There's going to be people that prophesy in the name of Jesus, that drive out demons in his name and do miracles in his name. And they're going to, and, they're, and he's going to return, like literally, and they're going to be like, Jesus, Lord, like we did these things. In fact, in verse 22, he says, many will say, that's scary. I'm just going to be real. I don't, I don't like that. But I can't throw it out of the Bible because it's there. And this is Jesus' words. Like, like many is going to, and this is why I'm sharing this, so that none of us in here become one of those many. It's not I'm trying to scare people or whatever. I'm just, read, you know what I mean? Like, I don't, if, 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 if myself or anyone here goes, wow, I need to check my heart on this, you know, um, and doesn't become a many, then it was worth me sharing this this morning. That many will say, Lord, Lord, did we not prophesy? Okay. And then, and verse 23 says, then I will announce to them, I never knew you, but why didn't he know them? Depart from me, what, you lawbreakers. Like, you are not following the, the, the kingdom, the law of the kingdom. You're not loving it. You're doing things in my name. And this is, this is where it, like, gets to our hearts. Why do we do what we do? It's cool to see miracles. It's co- like, I've seen this. I've been in the charismatic movement, right? I like the charismatic movement. I do. I mean, not every, th- yes, I do. I love my brothers and sisters. I do. I really do. Some of them are spot on, and it's amazing. And some of them I'm not sure about, but I love them anyways. I mean, but listen, there are many people that are like, like, I've seen it. You can prophesy, and it's really all about you. And it's not really about uplifting the body. Has anyone ever seen that before? It's got words for people, and it's more about, hey, I'm the, it's, it's almost like fortune telling and stuff. I'm just going to be real. You know, miracles, hey, look at me. You know, th- we can do these things, but if we're not doing them with the right heart, then literally, like, people will be terrified one day when they look at Jesus and he says, I don't even know who you are because you weren't really doing, you weren't following my kingdom. You weren't following my law. You didn't care about my kingdom. You're just kind of doing it, you know, for yourself or whatever reason that you do that, you know. But again, he gives us the, the positive right after that that he brings up the foundations, you know, just like what we read. And if we want to have the foundation that he wants us to, then what do we do? We just walk in simple obedience. Like, that's how we start today. We just walk in, what does he say? Let's do it. What does he say? Let's do it. He says, love our neighbor. How do we do that? And really, he wants us to do this in community with each other. <laughs> that's, the key. That's, that's the thing. You're not sh- if we're isolated and we don't have other people, I would say start there. Start today, right, Greg? <laughs> like, we're going to go to the park. If you didn't bring anything, I think it's okay. I'll go buy some more burgers if I have to. You know what I mean? But it doesn't... But start, start with that, recognizing that we've got to do this thing. We have to do this thing together. Um, that's it. That's it, Matt. Y'all can, y'all can come on up here. Um, Lord, well, even, even just saying that name, Lord, it just causes me to reflect right now. Are you truly Lord of my life? I know that you are Lord. I know that you reign and that you rule as King, Lord. I, I don't want to be one that says, that proclaims your Lord, but my actions show anything different. Because you are worthy of a people who abs- actually love you from the bottom of their hearts. You're worthy of a people who hear your words and it's, it's like honey. It's, it's, it's their desire. Lord, even your word says that the nations, and Isaiah 2 says the nations will come before you and instruction will come out. 
Lord of Zion, like, like people want, want to hear what you have to say in your rule and what your reign looks like, God. And Lord, we just want to be that type of a people this morning. As a community, we want to be a community that is in love with you and shows you, Lord. We want to be a community that, sh- that, that, that lives our life completely loyal to the King. And I ask right now, Lord, that in my heart and anyone else's, God, that if there's places where we're being disloyal, that you would reveal it to us, Lord, because you're a God who get, graces us to grow, <laughs> graces us to, to be more like you, and that's what we desire. We confess that we long, Lord, for your return. That, that we love your kingdom and we love its ways. And if there's anything that, that's not aligning with that, we want to know because we want to show you very practically, Father, how much we love you. How much we love you. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Amen. Mm. Let's take a few moments now, like we've been doing, and just listen to the voice of the Lord. Um, you know, as I was praying, I just kind of flashed back to my relationship with, with my wife. <laughs>